The Art of Relationships radio show is protected and copyrighted. No use in full or partial is to be used without written consent from Greg Dzinski or The Art of Relationships. Licensed relationship and sex counselor Greg Dzinski, also known as Master G, The Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, (laughs) but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Hello everybody, it's Sunday night here on the Art of Relationships radio show. This is uh, Greg uh, Dzinski, your host as always, or aka Master G. Please check out uh, my website as usual too. It's theartofrelationships.guru. So it's different. Uh, It's not the traditional uh, .com. So it's theartofrelationships.guru, G-U-R-U. And you can... uh, my email address, contact, all that information is up there. And if you're interested in uh, sponsoring maybe a show, an episode, a uh, portion, please get a hold of me that way as well. Drop me an email at greg at theartofrelationships.guru. G-U-R-U. Uh, welcome to Sunday evening. Going to talk about this evening about what it takes, right? What it takes to have... Maybe a happy, healthy relationship. Most of my shows, I talk about you know trying uh, trying to repair broken aspects, as far or broken, wounded, if you will, aspects about affair, trust building, all those things. You know when things are hit. But what happens? You know what's it take even to start off or get a healthy relationship? Maybe uh, spontaneity, have fun, trust, all that stuff. When things start clicking, you know, what are things that you look for? I hit on this a little bit, the episode, I didn't want to leave out the single people out there, but this is going to tie in for also single people. It's also going to tie out for individuals in a current relationship or marriage, right? So you look on these key, if you want to say key elements or key ingredients, I'd like to call them, um, a lot of people touch on them, and actually... um, the center, actually, if you look at my logo, you go to my website, uh, my logo hits on these. These are the premises I try to try to reach and obtain with couples and also individuals, you know, looking for relationships or getting into or also trying to find a little bit of maybe self-esteem aspects or trying to get their sense of self and self-worth build up too. So I'm going to hit on these. Um, as a matter of fact, next show, Wednesday, coming up. Please, man, I want some call-ins, some live chats, everything. Uh, Wednesday night show is going to be sex. Are you goal-driven or are you intimacy-craved? So, Wednesday night show at 8, it's going to be sex. Are you goal-driven or intimacy-craved? Same same time, 8 p.m. here on Spreaker. You can also find me on TuneIn.com, also PlayerFM.com. Uh, 
hopefully uh, iHeartRadio is going to be coming uh, coming up shortly. So uh, another way to help people out there. Like I said, this is all about you, the listeners out there. Uh, check out my Facebook, The Art of Relationships, and also The Art of Relationships radio show on Facebook. And I'll put the episodes on there as well. Okay, what do you need? You know, everyone talks about, you know, you need to be attracted to somebody. And I get that. You know, I think uh, physical attraction, it's mutual. I mean, most people, if they say it's not that important, I think they're BSing. They're trying to be politically correct. They're trying to be nice people, all this. I think physical attraction definitely, um, definitely sucks us in, okay? It definitely um, grabs our attention. Like I said before, you know, many times that physical attraction, you know, it can be enhanced. Ooh. Or it can be definitely destroyed when that other individual opens, you know, sort of opens their mouth, right? They can have a personality of a wet blanket, a uh, a douche. <laughs> um, so that attraction definitely can be killed, right? If they're a jerk, if they're an a-hole, arrogant, whatever. Some people are into that, control freaks. But physical attraction definitely, I, I definitely grabs us first, right? What holds us is the emotional connection to character, I firmly believe. So, I get this all the time. I get asked uh, by individual clients, you know, how important is the attraction? How important is, I'd like to call it the chemistry. You know, we talk about the pheromones we're not even aware of. We can't smell them, but they're a chemical that sort of just draws us to somebody for whatever reason. You know, they try to analyze it and turn it into a, a A plus B equals C. We might not be able to understand it, right? And these pheromones kick up the attraction. I get asked, uh, going back to that, I get asked a lot in college classes, human sexuality classes, I get asked, and they said, Greg, you know what? How important, or maybe they premise it this, I think it's very important that you be friends first. Hmm. I disagree with that. I think friendship could be built over time, and yes, there are people out there that were friends maybe for a while, and they started dating, and chemistry was there. The big thing that I think the majority of people, you know, if the chemistry is not there, it'll never be there. Uh, yes, there are very, very, we all have maybe experiences or can sort of contradict that and have evidence that, yeah, people were friends for a couple of years, they're married, happy, chemistry is there. I get that. I'm talking about the majority. Those are rare. Those are unique instances I see. And I think that. The chemistry is totally what separates us, let's face it, from friends, um, from being, you know, platonic friends and to being lovers. So if that chemistry is not there, it's going to be very, very difficult to develop over time. Now, I get asked this, too, about um, arranged marriages, that they still go on and the divorce rate for arranged marriages is a lot lower um, than, say, first-time marriages where they're not arranged, they're 15%. They bounce around 15, anywhere from 14 to 16%, but we'll average, you know, arranged marriages, and there's still quite a few of them here in Michigan, especially in the metro Detroit area. Um, the low rate, I'm going to clarify, and you have to, yes, the rates are low around 15%. However, you have to look at the cultural implications. You know, maybe they're not, chemistry wasn't there, they're arranged, right? They have no chance for chemistry or even friendship to be built. But, you know, their 
afraid or totally maybe more so against divorce because they don't want to shun their family. Their families will disown them. Or, you know, in a lot of cases, they're afraid if the wives would ever leave that they might get hurt or even killed. So there's a def, uh, definitive cultural application, if you will, taken on those aspects. So, But I'm going to talk, you know, not about arranged marriages. I'm going to hit back how important is chemistry. And I think that's what separates the friends from us being lovers, right? So chemistry is huge. You call it the physical attraction. You can call it, you know, that personality. Something about that person just grabs us. And this is one thing that is very difficult maybe to keep that people here, you know, over the years as you get married, that chemistry might die. I'm all about, and I've talked about various shows about keeping that chemistry going. And you can listen to um, past recorded podcasts of keeping the fire and the passion going, okay? So chemistry, chemistry is huge. Part of chemistry, though, which is a lot of people sort of, I don't know, maybe confuse whatever with passion. I think, I'm going to explain it this way. Passion is a huge part of chemistry, right? And the way I explain it to other, passion is the expression of that chemistry, right? You have that chemistry, but what are you doing about it? What are you doing to show that you have this chemistry for this other person, right? Are you showing them? Are you are you acting on it? You know, the passion aspect is how you how you express that chemistry that you have with somebody else. And that is huge. It's almost like I use, um, you know, the expression, you know, lip service, right? Uh, I'm huge on that. You can have chemistry with a person and they can, you know, you could be turned on by them emotionally, physically, all this stuff. But if you don't do anything to express it, the passion aspect, it, you're going nowhere, right? So passion is huge and you want to keep that going. You want to keep the the chemistry, the expression of that chemistry built through the passion. You want to keep it expressed throughout your relationship, right? You don't want to let that die and that definitely can die over, you know, over time, if you don't, mm, you know, if you allow that to die, you know what, I, that's what most of the couples come in here into my office is when the passion, the chemistry dies and trying to reignite it. And there's, of course, some other aspects I'm going to get to in a bit, okay? So, you know, remember, the passion is the expression of chemistry. That's my definition. It's not a textbook definition. Um, as people know me, I'm not so much tech bookish. It's almost like, you know, people try to explain emotions and feelings, right? I tell people the easiest way to explain it, not getting too technical, too academic. You know, I, I talk about, you know, our feelings are what they are and the emotions are the expression of those feelings. So I hit on, you know, passion and chemistry in the same aspect. You know, chemistry is there. The pheromones kick in. You're attracted to that person emotionally, physically, and it's the passion that is the expression that that chemistry exists, okay? So once you have chemistry, you know, what keeps it going, the passion, everything else, another aspect is companionship, right? Companionship is huge. And as we age and as we get older, this becomes even crucial, you know, in dealing with older adults or senior citizens, um, you know, they crave that companionship. They, they, you know, they preach and they, they plea about not being lonely. 
you know, most people we get, you know, we might get in a relationship or lonely. It's like, oh shit, I want to be, I want to be alone, right? Oh my God, I don't have enough alone time. You know, as we age, we want to, you know, we, we crave that companionship. So why are we in a relationship if we don't want to spend time with our loved one, with the person that we have that, chemi- you know, chemistry with, that passionate connection? We, we got to show that person we want to spend time with them. And this is another one. This helps build, you know, be it over the phone. Texting, I'm not a big fan. You know, we all text. I'm a texting fiend at times too. But so many things get taken out of the out of context with text. And listen to somebody's voice and voice, inf- you know, inflections. Those are huge in trying to get to know somebody. So even if you can't because of distance, maybe, you know, busy schedules, let's face it, you know, working different shifts, uh, to build that companionship, it's time. Time be it talking over the phone. But, you know, ideally, you want to spend that time face-to-face. How do you get to know somebody, you know, if they're not BSing you, they're, you know, being real, is that face-to-face contact, right? And I don't care, you know, you can Google it about, you know, a thousand and one ways to do something as a couple under, you know, 10 bucks or less. And I know money, the economic uh, situation around for most people is difficult. But there's so many things you can do. You can walk. You can, you know, go down maybe by a water, by a beach, um, walk the neighborhood. If you have dogs, take them to a free dog park. There's a lot of things you can do to spend that time together. It could be, you know, cuddle up to a movie, listening to a song, simply have dinner together. Um, these things that you're spending time with them, it could be working out in the yard together. These things, spending time together is crucial. So you need chemistry, the companionship, right? That you're there, that you want to spend time with somebody else. And a lot of times the companionship proves that you want to spend time with that person. You make them feel important, right? And if you don't want to spend that time with them, and this happens, this happens a lot in the couples I deal with, you know, they don't want to do anything with me. They don't want to spend time with me. Companionship is huge, right? So we have chemistry, we have companionship, okay? I'm going to take a first break here. Welcome to the Art of Relationships radio show. Oops, I forgot to throw this out there. Give me a call at 586 580-8608. Remember, you're going to be anonymous, so I'd love to hear from you. You can also join me on chat. This is Greg Dzinski, Master G, the Art of Relationships radio show, talking about what it takes to build a happy, healthy relationship or marriage. I will be back in a few minutes. Thank you so much, people. Check out PPRNlive.com. They have shows every Tuesday, Wednesday evening from 7 to 10 p.m. You want some hilarious hosts, hilarious guests, plus upcoming new stars of the band Future? Check out PPRNlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Art of Relationships radio show. This is uh, Greg Dzinski, your host, also a licensed uh, professional counselor and relationship and sex expert here in Mount Clemens, Michigan. You can check out my Facebook page at the Art of Relationships. Also, I have another page under Greg Dzinski. Check out my website as well at the Art of Relationships with an S. <laughs> Dot guru G-U-R-U. And if you're interested in sponsoring a show, uh, episode, or a person of a show, please uh, hit me up at greg at theartofrelationships.guru. And you can check out my phone number on the website as well. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. We're talking about what's it take to have a successful relationship or marriage and looking at these vinyl vital aspects, you know, to maybe keep these as- keep these things going, to keep the marriage alive, keep the relationship growing, evolving in a healthy, happy way. Again, you know, I'm not after perfection. There isn't such a thing. But I'm always helping couples trying to strive to get become more intimate uh, emotionally, physically, sexually, uh, mentally, if you will. So these are key elements we talked about before the break. Talked about we need chemistry, right? And chemistry is what separates us from just friends, ah, keeping us in the friend zone, right? And I'll get into that maybe another episode down the road, you know, taking yourself out of that friend zone, if you will. Uh, so keeping, you know, difference between being friends and being lovers, it's the chemistry, it's the pheromones. And I talked about passion, right? Passion, to me, it's the expression of the chemistry. It's the expression of that attraction you have for your partner and to keep that going, right? Companionship, that you want to spend time together. Those are huge, right? Now, another another thing that companionship does, and I basically did a whole show about trust building. Uh, you can catch that on the podcast as well. Uh, trust, right? And th- this is simple without explanation, right? Uh, we talked about, you know, with companionship, and the more you talk, the more trust you're going to build. That That's, I think, a given, right? But also, the more time you spend together, you can see if your partner is maybe trustworthy or not. This, like I talk about with trust, it's not only the physical that they're going to cheat or, you know, having an affair or something like that. But it's that you can trust them. They're going to do what they say they're going to do, right? How many times you know we deal with people, you know what, they don't follow through. That their you know, their words are nothing, man. They're just lip service. So trust is, you know, that they're gonna be where they say they're gonna be, not a control thing, but they're gonna, you know, they're gonna do what they say they're gonna do. So trust that's a given, right? That is huge on all aspects. How much can you trust that they're gonna be there for you, that they're going to be able to, you know, have your back? Now, another aspect is respect. Respect is built over time, too. I don't think, I'm not a a huge fan or advocate where, you know, when I grew up, maybe up until five years ago when I was a kid, (laughs) I wish. (laughs) But, um, you know, we're all taught. You respect your elders. Ah, I, I don't believe that, okay? I think respect is earned. There's a difference, you know, with elders, teachers, bosses, all this stuff, um, you know, employers. There's common courtesy, <clears throat> manners. Those are huge. And, you know, we I could give a episode on just manners alone and the decline of manners with adults and a lot of kids. But that's, I'm sorry, that comes from parenting. 
uh, manners have to be instilled from day one with, uh, and that's a parenting aspect or, you know, if you're raising kids, being a guardian, <clears throat> excuse me, or foster care, whatever, manners is huge. So, you know, respect is earned. Got it? You know, respect is earned and it's earned by spending time to each other. By sticking to your word, you having that trust, right? One one of the hardest things, you know, dealing with couples is the lack of respect. I'm going to be honest. Once that respect is broken, it's very, very difficult to get that back. Even dealing, like I said, 85% of the couples I deal with, there's an affair that has occurred in the relationship, okay? But even with the affair, most of those situations, the partner, the one that betrayed still respects the partner that did the betraying. So when respect is lost, it's very, very difficult to gain that back. You know, you can love that person, whatever, but if you don't respect them, say, as a parent, you don't respect them as a woman, as a man, as a partner, um, it's very, very difficult to gain that back. One, When respect is gone, the chemistry gets killed, you don't want to spend time with that person or anything, okay? So, how do you build respect? Again, that comes, the respect comes with trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. You're going to follow through. And I think another way um, to build respect I talk about is being able to speak your mind. That you respect each other to be able to do that. And I talked about, you know, no taboo topics. And that you're going to speak your mind and be honest. You're not going to be disrespectful. You know, you're not going to belittle or criticize. That isn't what I mean. But you're going to speak your mind. You know what? This hurts. You know, this sort of hurt my feelings. You know, or this pissed me off. Um, But you do it in a respectful manner. And that also builds respect because you are speaking your mind you're 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 sharing your intimate feelings not only you know good and bad you're sharing everything and one thing you know an example of this is you know how many people are turned on by people maybe in high school or even adult life that keep saying begging me and pleading with you to go out oh please go out with me please give me a chance please give me a chance you know you'll like me please 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 do you respect that person i'm going to be honest no Right? Because it's like they sell themselves out. Right? They sell themselves out. It's like they have no self-respect. Ah, respect again, right? They don't respect themselves enough to say, you know what? I tried. That's it. I'm moving on. You know, the begging and pleading and all that aspect. So this is part of, you lose your respect for a partner when they're afraid to speak their mind. When they're afraid to tell you things, um, maybe the, that they're afraid to hurt your feelings. Right? You start losing respect when they can't talk to you. They're not sharing. They're not being honest. They're not telling you what they feel, what they think for whatever, for fear of getting in trouble, for fear of um, being ripped apart, for being belittled or criticized for the way they feel or think. So respect, do what you say you're going to do, like I said, about building trust, right? And you speak your mind. Those are huge. You go after, you don't lose your own individuality. um, And those are key ingredients to keeping the respect built and going in a relationship. And that respect can build over a time. I think, like I said, respect is earned. It's earned by doing what you say you're going to do and, you know, being who you are as a person. So you want to hit on that. And one aspect I try to keep this, and I'll tie it in with another 
you know, another category, if you will, or another ingredient about successful and happy, healthy relationships um, is coming up as acceptance. And part of acceptance or respect is that you accept yourself. You accept yourself for your faults, right? Your weaknesses. Not that you like them, but that you can, you know, you have them and that's okay. But you also, you work on those weaknesses, and not being a doormat, not being a victim all the time. People that are victims, a lot of people don't, um, they don't respect them. And I'm not talking like rape survivors. I'm not talking of, you know, child sexual abuse or getting beat. Um, when I talked about a victim, everybody knows I'm talking about when they play the victim role, right? Woe is me. Oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. They're They're always sort of, they're playing that victim role. I don't know how else to say it. They want people to feel sorry for them all the time. There we go. Um, How's that for bluntness? We lose our respect. So if you can have self-respect and be able to hold your own and be your own person, like I said, in working with couples, I work on strengthening the individuals in the relationship at the same time with the relationship so they both gain and try to rebuild that level of not only respect for one another, but also that they have a greater respect for themselves. Okay, now, acceptance. Acceptance of the person, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Do you accept uh, your partner when they wake up in the morning, hair sticking all over the Well, except mine, I have no hair, so I only have to do anything with it. But um, that you wake up in the morning, they got all ganked out breath, uh, hairs all flopping all over the place. You know, that's how they are. That's how they wake up in the morning. Do you accept them for the good? Maybe, and I talked about, you know, self-respect. Do you accept them for their weaknesses too? Do you accept them for the whole person? Now, if they don't try to build on the weaknesses and they don't try to evolve and grow as a person, right? That's where maybe you lose that acceptance for that person. Or you might, maybe, if that other person, your partner, doesn't really care about what you feel in the relationship, doesn't care about your needs being met, it's all about them, you know what? Chances are that acceptance level is going to decrease substantially, and you're going to start withdrawing and not accept that person. I'm not talking about you accepting that person that's a child molester or uh, you know, goes out and deals drugs all the time or Beats kids all the time, a murder, uh, personality uh, disorder, antisocial personality disorder that don't care about nobody else. I'm not talking about accepting that bad, but you accept your partner for their weaknesses, right? And maybe you can balance each other out, right? Maybe you can balance each other's weaknesses out and strengths. And how do you do that? And part of acceptance is looking at the good and pulling in more of the good than the bad of your partner that you accept them for the person they are. The old adage is over the years was, you know what? You know, men always uh, get women hoping they never change. They always do. And women always hope to get men and hope the men will change and they never do. And then issues come up, right? About expectations. And the big trick is, you know, acceptance and expectations sort of clash at times, right? What happens if you expect something in a relationship, marriage? It could be sex. It could be attentiveness, um, whatever. And those expectations aren't meet. Then you start sort of resentful 
attitudes, resentful behaviors towards that other person, start bashing them, whatever. You know, part of acceptance is, you know what, if they don't change and grow, can you accept this person? Can you stay with this person? You know what, if they did not want to grow or involved and that's the way they were, say they burped and fart in public in a public restaurant all the time and they didn't care, um, would you be okay with that? Could you live with that? I'm, again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. That's, your, that's everybody's choice, everybody's individual aspect as far as what they accept in a partner or not. Everybody's different. It's not a right or wrong thing. This is talking about you and what you accept. You know, and if that is an issue, you need to walk away from that person. If you don't feel that that person can grow and meet your needs, can you accept that for what that is? But then you have to have self-acceptance too to say, you know what, I'm not going to be happy in this situation and I need to get my ass out of here. I need to move on and maybe get to a healthy spot and maybe find something that's a little more uh, compatible, if you will. That is a little bit compatible with mm, with myself, with my values, with my morals. Another ingredient, the sixth ingredient I want to hit on, is shared values. I want to call this about compatibility. Most people talk about compatibility and you know doing stuff like the same movies, reading the same books, same politics, um, whatever. They, they want to live in the same place. They want, you know, we all know about compatibility, but I want to talk about compatibility on a more deeper level that I think is even maybe more crucial is compatibility on what you value and what you, um, your moral standing in a relationship and what your relationship beliefs are, you know, tied in with your expectations. These are more deeper level compatibility issues than just, okay, we both like bowling, we both like putt-putting, we like doing this together, that's great. But those things could be great, but if you don't have compatibility on the deep-rooted foundational issues at the beginning of a relationship or even going on, um, and the same morals about everything, you could have one person that, you know, you share compatibility, they want an open marriage, and the other one wants a monogamous relationship, right? That's going to be a huge clash. That, you're not going to be compatible. So, the compatible issues, you want to hit at, you know, values, morals, moral standings, you know, uh, and relationship beliefs. What's your definition? What is your expectation of a healthy, happy relationship? And, you know, maybe one person thinks that, oh, we're in a committed relationship, and the other one doesn't. You know, that, that's a compatibility issue that needs to be addressed and talked about. And am I saying you have to be compatible on every single layer or fabric of a relationship? No. But the main triggers, the main issues you do, sex. Ooh. Talk about sex compatibility, right? That's huge. I'm, I'm sorry. There's going to be a lot of professionals out there that are going to disagree with me. I, I don't care. Um you know, you talk about sexual compatibility. I'm sorry, it's huge. You know, you have one person, I talk about this left and right, one person that wants sex once every other month and the other partner and wants it three, four times a week. And I'm not talking gender issues. There's women that want it three, four times a week and the guy only wants it uh, once every other month. That's a huge compatibility issue and it's going to cause problems, if not destroy the relationship. It's not going to work. And you're going to have people say, oh, you need to be flexible and you need to compromise. You can't compromise on huge 
foundational compatibility issues, say sex being one. Um, another aspect might be, you know, living maybe towards retirement. If one person is so huge on, you know, saving every dime, nickel, whatever, not having any fun, and the other one wants to have some fun, that's going to be create, that's, you know, how do we spend our time? How do we spend um, our companionship time? You know, what are we going to do together? Are we going to be allowed this way? Are we going to have fun? And if one person wants to have fun once in a while and the other one doesn't want to do anything, that is going to be huge, right? Now, if they have outside friends that they do things with and, you know, that's fine and the partner's okay with it, maybe that can balance it out. Who am I to say it's wrong? But I'm going to say it's going to be an issue. And how do you address it? How do you reach on those deep-rooted compatibility issues um, are, are key ingredients on in how you maneuver and how you work out trouble aspects. And the compatibility also aspect I key in, and how do you argue? You know, you have somebody that yells and screams all the time, and the other one cannot stand it. They're afraid of confrontation. They're afraid to even speak their mind like I talk about. Hopefully, they're going to grow and evolve to speak their mind, but they totally don't want confrontation. They're going to walk away and... You know how you argue, how you how you deal with differences, how you um, things that you disagree on, how you handle those, and um, are huge on compatibility issues. You know, say you have someone that's very calm, relaxed, no big deal. I can talk about anything, anything out if I'm mad, whatever. I'm calm, and you have a, your partner gets pissed off, yelling, screaming, starts chucking stuff at you, throwing stuff across the room. I, I deal with this. This I'm not making this up. Couples are like this, and it cre- it can create havoc and totally decompensate the relationship. So, you know, how you handle those situations, they don't have to be perfect, again, but how you balance each other and, you know, that compatibility, if you understand each other, you might be able to join and be sort of flexible and accepting of those differences of compatibility. I'm not saying you should chuck things or throw you know, throw glasses or throw pots and pans at each other. That's not what I'm saying. That needs to stop. Okay? So, uh, covered. You know, chemistry is huge. Passion. The expression of chemistry, right? Spending time together. Companionship. Trust. You know, that's a given. And different areas of trust. You do what you say you're going to do, right? Huge. Respect. Not only earning respect, it should be earned, not given, Right? Like I said, common courtesy, manners, yes, they need to be there. And I, I, we need to get back on that with our kids, our teens, about mannerisms. They're huge. A lot of people are disrespectful. Okay. Another thing is that you accept the good, the bad, the ugly of your partner, right? And hopefully it's not too bad where, you know, they're doing something to harm other people. You need to step away from that then, okay? That you have shared values or, hmm. Compatibility, right? The shared values, my definition of that simple is compatibility on deep-rooted issues. Not that you both have to like baseball or like having to like uh, football or tennis or whatever you're into or you both have to like country music. You know, that, no offense out there, but you need help if you do. (laughs) I'm joking. But, um, you know, compatibility on those deep-seated value-ridden issues are huge, right? Okay, I'm going to take uh, one more break, second break. Welcome to the Art of Relationships radio show. This is What's It Take. 
to highlight and uh, enhance a relationship and marriage and key components ingredients I call them to have a health, healthy happy relationship trying to build from there what you need versus trying to repair everything which I usually try to key in on okay um, so I will be back in about two to three minutes thank you again make sure you give me a call at 586-840-8608 and make sure you check out the Art of Relationships on Facebook too like the page that'd be sweet I'd appreciate it and I'll be back shortly thank you Check out PPRNlive.com. They have shows every Tuesday, Wednesday evening from 7 to 10 p.m. You want some hilarious hosts, hilarious guests, plus upcoming new stars of the band future? Check out PPRNlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shea on Facebook.
Welcome back. This is uh, Greg, Master G. Dzinski here on Art of Relationships Radio Show. Talk about what's what's it take, you know, to have a healthy, happy, vibrant relationship or marriage. Um, keying on some key ingredients, you know. Next up on the list, on the list of ingredients, um, I'm going to talk about. There's really, I want to say there's probably eight, maybe nine ingredients, right? Um, that I'm going to key in on. If you want to tie them in, there might be eight, you know, but I'll blend them together. So there's eight or nine, however you look at it, and I'll run them down at the end of the show again, too, okay? Another thing that comes with, you know, maybe companionship and, you know, spending time together is huge. It's intimacy, right? Not just, you know, the physical contact is huge, right? There's emotional intimacy and there's physical intimacy, a lot of people, as soon as you um, bring up, you know, how's your intimacy level, you get the looks, you get the giggle, like, you know, they're going right after sex right away, right? Which is cool, but <laughs> I'm talking, you know, the intimacy aspect, you need intimacy as far as sharing emotional um, that you're there for each other, right? This ties in intimacy and empathy go hand in hand, okay? Intimacy is that you're able to share and feel safe with your partner sharing intimate things about you your weaknesses your fears you know what you're afraid of maybe you want to you want you hate your job and you want to switch jobs and you have a partner that is all about themselves and they could care less if you're happy or not you're going to stay at that job no matter what what am i going to do what are we going to do you know you want to hear Make it safe for your partner. So sharing intimate details about your life without being judged, without being ridiculed or, you know, being belittled. You know, I, you know what? This makes me mad. This, you know, I'm hurt by this, you know. Man, that really hurt. That really stung that you said this. Oh, I can't believe it stung, you big baby. That kills intimacy, right? Intimacy and empathy go hand in hand. Empathy is, right? Empathy is that you're able to put your shoes in your partner's or anybody's, you know, able to put yourself in their shoes. Sorry, little stumble on my words. Um, that you're able to put yourself in their shoes. That you try to understand um, what they're feeling. And I talk about, uh, especially with anger, a lot of times with anger comes out. That person, and I mentioned this numerous times, when someone's pissed off, you see... They're not feeling respected, not feeling loved, not feeling important, not feeling desired, or a combination of those things. But it comes out in anger. So if you can work on your empathy building skills and becoming more empathic towards your partner and with your partner, instead of looking at the anger, you're going to be able to look at and dive deep down at the root of the issues that they're not feeling loved, they're not feeling desired, maybe appreciated, all those aspects, okay? So, um, you key in on, you know, that you're able to share those things and trying to understand each other and trying to be empathic. That is so huge. And a lot of couples come in here, they don't have empathy for anyone. It's it's a tit for tat, the blame game I talk about so much that they always want to be right, okay? And I'm going to read something I wrote on Facebook a long, long time ago on my blog, um, that it just it just hits home, okay? When you empathize with your partner's position or feelings, that you try to get them, understand them, that you're not trying to say they're right or wrong, 
I, you know me, I've talked about feelings, they are what they are, right? They might not be accurate, but they are what they are, they're not right or wrong. So, when you empathize with your partner's position or feelings, even though perhaps you consider them to be exaggerated or inappropriate, or maybe even full of it, you help your partner. When you, when you connect with them, when you try to understand these, you help your partner to feel more understood, you help them feel cared for, secure, relaxed, not judged, and ultimately you make them feel loved, that you're trying. You don't have to agree with them. Again, it's not about agreeing or selling yourself out. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. That's pathetic. But you you can disagree, but you know what? I get where you're coming from. I understand why you feel this way. Not agreeing. So this is all built on having intimacy, an emotional level, and being empathetic, right? This, by any means, not only romantic relationship, but this works good. You need this with friendships and also huge on parent-child. You know, you need to empathize with your kid. Not that your kid's always right, always right, or maybe your kid's not always right or wrong, but you try to get what they're feeling, right? A prime example about this, if you have a 16-year-old son or daughter that got their heart crushed by somebody, they were madly in love with somebody, and you go and, oh, you're a kid, you don't know what real love is like. You know what? That's that's bold on your part, because, you know, to them, that is real. Got it? To them, it is real. So if you understand, you know what? It hurts, it sucks, I get it. You know what? Remember when you were a teenager and had your heart crushed, maybe. Or maybe you crushed somebody else's, hopefully you didn't. But, um... So it works, you know, being empathic and trying to be understanding is huge on any type of relationship, okay? So, you know, there's so many times couples try to be, you know, in general, they try to be right, but if only their feelings and emotions are acknowledged, they're understood or tried to be understood. If you try to do that with your partner and they try to do that with you, that builds intimacy, and that, that builds intimacy and closeness, and you gain more respect for them. You feel more accepted that I talked about before, right? You want to spend more time with them because you feel safer, you enjoy them, and it also ignites and keeps the chemistry going. These are huge, okay? Another aspect um, I talk about is romance and fun, right? Romance, some people are romantic and, um, you know, everyone says all women are romantic. No, they're not. There's some guys that are, you know, diehard romantics and the women are, eh, I could care this. They're sort of maybe more masculine in nature um, where eh, I could care less. Romance just makes me sick and these are women, you know. But, you know, how you romance. And this is part of, remember about chemistry and about passion passion expressing that chemistry and when you have passion for somebody that passion can be expressed through romantic gestures you know leaving love notes whatever right a simple text i love you i can't wait to rip your clothes off um you don't want to hit always on you know oh i want to rip your clothes off i I can't wait to do you you know what that's not really romantic that's more of a physical nature so the romantic Hit on the appreciation you have for your partner. You know, oh, thanks for doing the laundry. Little simple gestures like that. You talk about, you know, romance, you know, about flirting. You know, how often do you flirt with your partner? Oh, I don't have to flirt anymore. I got him or I got her. I don't have to flirt with her or I don't have to woo her anymore. Keep the romance going. This is huge in 
you know, a lot of romantic relationships. It's huge. Also, another thing I think couples forget about, and it's hard when you have kids, you have fun together. Are you able to joke around? Do you joke around with each other? Or do you have a partner that is so sensitive, easily, you know, their feelings are easily hurt, that their self-esteem is so um, tarnished, if you will, that any joking around, they take very personal and... It, it kills the intimacy level, and that's where I I talked about you know building the self your own self respect and self acceptance where you're able to joke around and you can you know sort of make fun of each other and laugh at yourself, you know have fun laugh at yourself joke around with each other you know when was the last time you guys had a pillow fight and I'm not talking with bowling balls in the pillowcases people, <laughs> um you know pillow fights tickling, um. Anything to have fun that you joke around and just laugh and just maybe act silly. A lot of couples, when they get into this, the fun goes out the window when they have kids, right? Midnight feedings, 3 o'clock feedings, change It's not fun. <laughs> so how can you joke around and have fun when you guys, you know, you're tired, you're not sleeping, you're miserable, okay? So uh, I'm going to wrap, uh, talk about, again, the key ingredients you want to hit on, and if there's an issue in your current marriage or relationship, you know, give me a call, zip me an email, uh, come and see me. I do Skype sessions too. But key in on these areas when something goes on in a relationship or you're feeling disconnected, you want to key, in, you know, on the chemistry. What do we do to keep it going, keep it alive and well? Companionship, spending time together, right? That's huge, and this becomes even more difficult when. You work different shifts, and you have totally different shifts. It's hard, you know, but spend time together, even simple text, simple phone calls on breaks if possible, just to keep and spend that little verbal time together until you can see each other physically if possible. Trust goes without explanation, goes without saying, right? You do what you say you're going to do. You follow through, right? And of course, you know, we talk about the physical trust affairs and all that too. That that this is all without saying. That you respect one another as a partner. Okay? You accept them for who they are, the good, bad, and hopefully they will grow on their own and work on their weaknesses and trying to be a better partner, right? Trying to be a better partner, trying to be a better lover, but you accept them for who they are as the core. And you also have self acceptance for yourself. That's huge, right? You also need shared values or compatibility. Again, not everything you have to be compatible about, but the deep moral you know, standings or what you view as what are significant to you as values and morals and everything about beliefs and how a relationship should run or work and what makes a good relationship. Those are deep-rooted compatibility issues. You need intimacy. You need romance. You need fun. Right? And don't forget, you know, passion goes with uh, chemistry. That's the expression of chemistry. That's huge. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, I appreciate all the support. As always, you can uh, hit me up Wednesday night. Um, make sure you hit me up when, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be talking about sex. And are you goal-driven or are you intimacy craved are you craving intimacy and i want to try to help you try to get maybe more intimate driven and also you can have more passionate and goal driven you know maybe not so goal maybe the goal is to drive 
get deeper intimacy level during sex. So should be fun, should be a good show. And, you know, tying in with Wednesday night's show coming up is about goal-driven, you know, and especially, you know, where does your sexual energy come from if you're overwhelmed, too busy, working too much, Ah, I don't have time. I'm always tired. Does that key in with building intimacy? I'm going to tie all this in together Wednesday night. Again, check out my Facebook page under Greg Dzinski or The Art of Relationships on Facebook. Also, check out my website, theartofrelationships.com. I will be here Wednesday night. Again, I'm expressing uh, many thanks to my followers and listeners out there. Much love to everybody as usual, okay? I appreciate it. Everybody have a good Sunday evening. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dazinskis, also known as Master G, the art of relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.